welcome back to part five of making 2022 your best year ever with episode number 195. On the power of the mastermind, taking the mystery out of sex transmutation and linking all parts of our mind as we continue our deep dive into Napoleon Hill's classic book, Think and Grow Rich, that has sold over 15 million copies worldwide. Before I go on with this episode, I just wanted to say that out of those 15 million copies of the book sold, I wonder how many of those 15 million people read the book the way that Napoleon Hill intended. I know I didn't until Paul Martinelli taught me how to read it, and I know from doing this book study that I'm only scratching the surface of these 15 principles used by some of the wisest people in the world. Hill himself would say that if you haven't read the book three times or completed the exercises, you haven't read the book yet. I hope this book study is helping you to dive deeper into these important chapters of a classic and timeless book and that you're gaining a deeper awareness as we're reading this book together. For those new or returning guests, welcome back. I'm Andrea Samadhi, author and educator from Toronto, Canada, now in Arizona, and like many of you who tune in, have been fascinated with learning, understanding, and applying the most current brain research to improve productivity in our schools, our sports, and workplace environments. If you've been following our book study of Napoleon Hill's classic book, Think and Grow Rich, we're nearing the end of this study. Just to review, you'll recall how part one began with a reminder from Grant Cardone that in order to get to the next level of whatever it is we're doing, we must think and act in a wildly different way than we previously have been. We outlined all of the 15 principles that we'll be diving into, and we've covered nine of them so far. And in part two, we looked at the importance of positive thinking, being crystal clear with what we want, and choosing faith over fear in pursuit of our goals. In part three, we examined the importance of putting these goals on autopilot with what Hill calls auto-suggestion, and then further honing our craft by studying, learning, and developing specialized knowledge that will separate you from others, making you truly unique with your talent that you'll continue to perfect in your lifetime while using your imagination to keep building and perfecting whatever it is you wanna create in your life. Part four, we dove deep into why organized planning, decision-making and persistence are important and timeless leadership characteristics with strategies to help all of us to improve our persistence muscles. Leading us to the final chapters of the book with the last two episodes that will cover chapter 10 on the power of the mastermind, chapter 11, one of the most misunderstood chapters in the book, The Mystery of Sex Transmutation, Chapter 12, The Subconscious Mind, on this episode, and the final episode in this series will cover Chapter 13, The Brain, 14, The Sixth Sense, and 15, On Outwitting the Ghosts of Fear. Before I began recording these episodes, I didn't know how many it would take to cover these chapters thoroughly, but if you're like me and you just want to learn, Keep listening and see if you can add anything new to your goal setting achieving process. I had no idea it would cover the entire month of January 
to properly review this book. We really could keep going all year as each principle we could talk about for an entire month. Therefore, I think it's important to revisit this book every year as we're working on new goals to continue to improve our own process and take our understanding of each principle to a new level. Remember that Hill says that if we haven't read the book three times and completed the exercises, we haven't read the book at all. Bringing us to chapter 10 on the power of the mastermind that Hill brings to life when he says that no two minds ever come together without thereby creating a third invisible, intangible force that may be likened to a third mind. Hill is describing the power that happens, the collective consciousness that's created when two or more people come together for a sustained period of time to drive forward an idea. I know we've all felt this happen, but no one has said it better than the late Doug Weed who I first heard talk about this power May of 2001 when I worked in the seminar industry and heard him speak for the first time. His speech was called the third party principle and the wisdom that's held when you take your idea or whatever it is you're working on to two or more other people. He called it the triple braided cord that would form when two or more minds came together. This is the power of the mastermind that Hill wants us to pay attention to, where he says that no two minds ever come together without creating a third invisible, intangible force that may be likened to a third mind. And the reason why we should always look for people smarter than we are to learn from. The mastermind may be defined as coordinated knowledge and effort in a spirit of harmony between two or more people for the attainment of a definite purpose. Whatever it is you're working on, if you can create a mastermind group to help push your idea forward, you'll notice the power of this mastermind that Hill titled this chapter on. There's something magical that happens that you won't miss. Every person will feel it and be forever changed from each meeting that you have. Have you ever seen this principle in action? You'll know exactly what I'm talking about if you have. Plans are inert and useless without the sufficient power to translate them into action. And this chapter will describe the method by which an individual may attain and apply power. Power refers to an organized effort of two or more people who work towards a definite end in a spirit of harmony. Hill reminds us to keep in mind the fact that there are only two known elements in the whole universe, energy and matter. Matter may be broken down into molecules, atoms, and electrons, and that every human mind is a form of energy that will be an important part of the next chapter, but will show us in this chapter why one plus one equals three. Always surround yourself with people who are smarter than you for this compounding effect to occur. Do you have a mastermind group that you participate in? I'm sure for people who tune into this podcast that this is not a new concept, but just a reminder of the success principles that have been proven over the years to yield the highest results. Henry Ford began his business career under the handicap of poverty, illiteracy, and ignorance. Within the conceivably short period of 10 years, Mr. Ford mastered these three handicaps 
and within 25 years made himself one of the richest men in America. Connect with the additional knowledge that Mr. Ford's most rapid strides became noticeable from the time he became a personal friend of Thomas Edison, and you'll begin to understand what the influence of one mind upon another can accomplish. To make use of these principles, align yourself with others you can learn from and begin. Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, and Jeff Bezos all had their inner circle of thinking partners to help take their ideas to new heights. Economic advantages may be created by people who surround themselves with the advice, counsel, and personal cooperation of a group of people who are willing to lend them wholehearted aid in the spirit of perfect harmony. To set up your own mastermind group, who do you invite? Some of the best sources for creating your own mastermind are your own employees. Come together with people who are in harmony as you, with the same beliefs as you and what you think is possible, but the people you choose must think differently than you to take you beyond where your mind can see. You'll see this in action when you meet and be prepared to draw new ideas and knowledge from others who can see things that you might not be able to see. When do you meet? Pick a date to meet either in person or online and stick to that same date, whether it's once a month or once a quarter. Keep your meetings going for at least a year. What should you notice? First, you'll notice a sense of peace and certainty that comes from these meetings because of the energies coming together with a common goal of helping each other. You'll notice a calmness of mind in addition to new ideas and ways forward. Next, you'll notice these meetings are highly creative. Ideas will flow and you'll move away from the competitive plane to a more creative one. Finally, you'll notice that others will see things that you can't see. They will be able to notice progress moving forward when you see roadblocks. And the idea is that together, your minds move past all obstacles with the powerful force that you create together. Do you see how these chapters and principles all work together like the colors of the rainbow? You'll remember the image in the show notes of how our thoughts move from one frequency to another. If you wanna think and act in a wildly different way than we previously have been from chapter one, then it would be with the help of your mastermind. The new ideas generated will take you from where you are now to new levels of awareness in pursuit of your goal. Bringing us to chapter 11, the mystery of sex transmutation, which I think is one of the most misunderstood chapters in this entire book. Many people teach this book and many skip over this chapter. And I think it's because many people get stuck with the physical side of this concept that they miss that there's more than the physical and how simple yet important this concept is. Simple and easily explained but not at all easy to do. We could go down a rabbit hole here, but let's stick to why Hill thinks this is simple and easily explained to begin with, so we can see why he included this principle as one of the main chapters of this book. At first glance, I know we could make up our own mind of what we think this chapter is about, but let's look at Hill's definition. What is sex transmutation? It means the switching of the mind from thoughts of physical expressions 
to thoughts of some other nature and can be better understood with the same image we just looked at to explain how our mastermind group can take us to new levels of awareness where we can see how our thoughts can move us to different frequencies. Remember, we live simultaneously on three planes. We're spiritual beings with an intellect and we live in a physical body. If you look at the diagram in the show notes, we've labeled the lines or different levels of frequency, S for the spiritual realm, where we will feel the need to expand or always move forward. I is for the intellectual realm, where we access our creativity to build our dreams, and P for the physical. I'm sure it's easy for us to imagine the energy that exists on the physical plane, just the same as we'd imagine where we currently are with our goals on the physical plane, or what we can use our five senses to see, feel, taste, touch, and smell. But there's more to this energy that goes beyond our five senses to the intellectual and spiritual frequencies. Hill says to transmute this energy, it means the switching of the mind from thoughts of physical expressions, the lowest forms of energy, to thoughts of some other nature on a higher frequency. Remember, it's simple and easily explained, but not easy to do the switching from the plane that you predominantly operate from. This is where I think most people will miss the value in this chapter and not spend enough time thinking beyond the physical. There's so much more for us to experience if we can detach from the physical, but it's difficult to think beyond our five senses because we've not been taught to operate with the unseen world or switch our mind from thoughts of physical expression to some other nature. We look at our bank accounts and we see how much money we have and we can't imagine beyond what we see. We can use our higher faculties, our intuition, imagination, will, reason, perception, and memory to see beyond our senses to attain new results, switch to different frequencies, and transmute our energy. So how do we do this? We can take the idea of sex that we know as the perpetuation of mankind, the maintenance of health, and the transformation of mediocrity into genius through transmutation, and switch it from thoughts of physical expression on the physical plane to thoughts of some other nature on a higher level of frequency or plane. We must actually do the switching and go from the physical level where it's very easy to get attached emotionally, detach, let go, and switch our thoughts to another frequency with effort. Simple and easily explained, but not easy to do. And Hill warns us this is why people seldom succeed before the age of 40. He notes more often they do not strike their real pace until they're well beyond the age of 50. And this chapter goes on to explain how to use this vital force to communicate with others and inspire others through compassion, encouragement, and enthusiasm. Hill says this energy is the most powerful of human desires. When driven by this desire, people develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creative ability unknown to them at other times. When harnessed and redirected along other lines, the positive attributes of this motivating force may be used as powerful creative forces in literature, art, or in any other profession or calling. We will become highly attractive and appealing to people 
If we can balance these three planes of existence, you'll see a creative force that really is unstoppable. So where does this energy exist predominantly in you? Some people have higher drives of this energy on different planes. Do you know where you operate from with this energy most of the time? It's useful to know this so you can work on balancing all three areas for improved results. Paul Martinelli explained this to me in a way that made complete sense. He said, think about a singer who may have incredible talent with a voice that moves you to the core. She sings and it strikes your emotions. And even on a spiritual level, you're moved. But there's something missing. She's shy and is lacking when it comes to her stage presence. She may have mastered the spiritual and intellectual realm, but has not fully developed her talent in the physical realm and lacks the charisma needed for her to perform on stage. Can you think of a singer who can perform on stage and hit you on all three of these levels? I can. Hill reminds us about the irresistible force against which there can be no opposition. When driven by this emotion, men and women become gifted with a superpower for action. Understand this truth and you'll catch the significance of the statement that sex transmutation will lift you to the state of genius. The emotion of sex contains the secret of creative ability. We can transmute or transfer one form of energy into another, which is how we move from one frequency or vibration to another. Don't get trapped into thinking we can exist only on the physical plane or that this energy exists only on the physical plane. It can exist on the intellectual and spiritual plane with the use of transmutation that transfers or changes the physical energy into another form. Remember this idea links back to the first chapter when we had to think wildly different thoughts to get new results that would take us from where we are now, physical realm, to where our goals sit, the spiritual realm in the diagram. Think about where you operate from predominantly. If you're dominant in the physical realm, then you'll be missing something on the intellectual and spiritual realm, just as if you're dominant in the intellectual realm, there'll be something missing for you in the physical realm. This is just another way to become more self-aware and find balance in these three areas to experience the superpowers for action that Hill explains is possible for this energy. Bringing us to chapter 12 on what Hill calls the subconscious mind. We'll call it this in this description, but have been taught to label this part of the mind in recent years as the non-conscious mind with any mental process that goes on in which the individual is unaware. Don't forget to read and write the six steps every day to influence this part of your mind. We did cover this in part two of this series. We also covered this in part three when exploring auto-suggestion with the three parts of your mind, the conscious mind, the non-conscious mind, and how our mind impacts the body. Hill reminds us in this chapter that the subconscious mind works day and night and that you cannot entirely control your subconscious mind, but you can voluntarily hand over to it any plan, desire, or purpose you wish to be transformed into concrete form and reminds us to go back to chapter four on auto-suggestion and read this chapter again. Since each of these principles are connected like the colors of the rainbow, it's a good practice to keep your book tab so you can go back and forth to previous chapters when needed. 
So to review part five of this series, The Power of the Mastermind, remember the third party principle or the third invisible intangible force that may be likened to a third mind with the collective consciousness that's created when two or more people come together for a sustained period of time to drive forward an idea. Do you have a mastermind group that you participate in? This is a powerful practice that will guarantee forward motion. Next, we took the mystery out of sex transmutation. Do you know where you predominantly operate from? To make full use of this power, how could you create more balance in these three areas? And finally, we linked all parts of our mind. Have you formed the practice yet of reading and writing your goals twice a day? If not, you're missing the power of auto-suggestion created from the power of your non-conscious mind that works day and night and accepts whatever you tell it. With that, we bring this episode into a close and I'll see you in a few days for the final episode of this series where we'll cover chapter 13, the brain, chapter 14, the sixth sense, and 15 on outwitting the ghosts of fear. Have a wonderful weekend. If you're enjoying the Neuroscience Meets Social and Emotional Learning podcast, please don't forget to subscribe so you'll stay up to date with our new episodes. While you're there, please feel free to give us a review or a five-star rating as it helps others find us. For more information on our programs, books, and tools for schools and the workplace, visit us at www.achieveit360.com.